money. Uh, wow, what can I say? I found myself in a space of uh, being a little disempowered. Just was on a, a webinar for another great company that I do really have a lot of interest in working with. And at the same time, it still comes back to the fact that once again, I don't have the money to purchase the program. It sucks to even have to say that. And I have to figure out a way to generate it inside of a conversation that's been existing for so long to where I haven't been able to successfully get out of my own way. And working a, a minimum wage job at a, at a hardware store, which is cool. I actually enjoy the hardware store. I have a lot of fun in, in that environment and I'm really able to be more in the space of mastering what it is to be an effective communicator and, and, and really listen for what matters to people so that I can help them to get what they want. And that's that's powerful. Right. And at the same time, I'm trading time for money and I will it will take me years based on the current rate of pay. And essentially the fact that we're in an inflationary period and the economy is already going in the tank <clears throat> beyond what it already has because of this so-called COVID virus, which is really just a convenient cover for the fact that the uh, Federal Reserve was pumping up the economy with all this fake money for so many years that the house of cars is finally starting to collapse and they're doing what they can to, you know, camouflage it in different ways. And, um, so it's like the value is there in putting in a good day's work. Putting in a good, honest day's work is always a good thing. Men need to know how to work with their hands. You know, I value that. That's a part of why I wanted to work at the hardware store. You know, I've done landscaping. You know, I've done, you know, jobs, jobs that are physical. And I get a lot of uh, validation from that. I feel like in, I feel my testosterone, you know, pulsing through my veins when I'm doing physical things, it's, it's a great experience. And at the same time, you know, I'm reading this book right now called Why Are You, Capital, Still a Slave by this guy named Peter Johnson, uh, Australian. And the book is like profound because he talks about debt and how people are slaves to debt. And actually, that's really what the Bible is talking about. In many respects, when they're talking about slavery, they're talking about being debt slaves. That's what most people are nowadays. They're debt slaves, whether it's credit cards or you name it. And one of the main things he talked about was how, you know, throughout the history of the world, you know, because he goes into the how the Federal Reserve is just essentially glorified counterfeiters, you know, and how when Abraham Lincoln had Americans on their own money, the greenbacks, how the British weren't happy with that, so they wanted to basically take down the American economy. So what did they do? They funded both sides of the Civil War, the North and the South. And of course, they always back the side with more resources that they want to win, which in this case was the North. And the point I'm speaking to, it still comes back to that conversation around money. And the part that I'm about to start reading is about how being a slave to money will always keep you disempowered. I'm paraphrasing because that's not exactly the title of the chapter. And, you know, it's just one of those things that, you know, it seems like <clears throat> for whatever reason, I've had a really poor relationship with money most of my life and it, it really sucks. 
It's not that money should be our God. And at the same time, we need it to survive. We need it to be able to sustain ourselves. As the saying goes, God bless the child as God is on, you know. And here I am, 51 years of age, still struggling to get over the $30,000 a year mark, you know. And um, and I know people half my age. I know friends of mine that I've grown up with. Now, granted, they traded time for money and they gave up a lot to get that fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year that they were making. So they paid a price. You know, that's that's the matrix, as I like to call it. That's the home of the matrix. You know, the America in particular, it's a meat grinder. So a lot of times you're, you're making money as a solopreneur or an entrepreneur. And at the same time, <clears throat> a lot of the folks that I know that are successful entrepreneurs have sacrificed their health. They've sacrificed their relationships. So even though they may have the money, now they have to spend all of that time rebuilding their health or trying to repair a relationship that's broken with their spouse or their children because all of that got pushed to the back burner because they were just so focused on getting to the money just so that they could take care of their spouse or just so that they could pay for the expenses of, you know, educating a child, you know, so on and so forth. And at times it's shown up to me as like, either way you go, you're fucked. Not that that's the case, not, not that that's actually true. And at the same time, that's how it's shown up for me at times. So, you know, when I'm, I'm sharing on this podcast, I'm sharing in a space of venting sometimes, but also with the hopes of it being a clearing for myself and for anyone that listens to this to really be able to discover something newly about what's had them stopped, you know, if it's something that's uh, been a point of confrontation. And in this case, money. Money is essentially God in this country, you know. What's the main reason they say that most relationships fail is because of money. And that's one of the things that I've heard many couples talk about that they don't like talk, talking to each other about. And I'm like, how can you be in a committed relationship and know good and doggone well that is based on finances? You know, even though people don't pay dowries like they used to, which they should, you know, shoulding all over yourself. Maybe I shouldn't say should. And I, I just did a uh, anchor about that, you know, paying her dowry. Um, but it's business. Everything in life is business. So it's really just about I, if there's anything I could offer anybody, especially if you have young children. At early on in the game, teach them about, now granted, you don't balance checkbooks anymore because people don't write checks, but have them learn some stuff from like, you know, Robert Kiyosaki or have them, um, you know, like this one company I'm with, I have my life insurance policy with World Financial Group, have them go to some of their free uh, workshops and learn what money is, how to invest their money, you know, how to, you know, look at what different types of Investment products are available to them so that they can make intelligent and educated choices and feel empowered in the choices that they're making and really be an educated consumer. And that's important for anybody, whether it's around your finances, whether it's around your health and well-being. So you're not just, you know, pushing everything off on the doctor and saying, you tell me what to do. You know, whether it's, whether that's your pastor, your minister, if you're a person of faith and you go to church or the mosque or something. It's not all up to the minister. It's not all up to the to the to the to the preacher. 
is is it's a co not codependent, but it's a co-created maybe relationship. So to you know to push everything off on the financial advisor and say you tell me what to do, you're setting yourself up to get screwed. Same thing with your health. Same thing with your spiritual life. You could probably even say that for relationship uh, advisors or coaches. If you're asking them to do everything, to figure it out for you, I doubt very seriously, no matter how good they may actually be, that your relationship has a chance in hell of making it. So when it comes to this conversation around money and the times that we're in and we're headed towards a depression, folks, uh, if we're not in it, if, if we aren't in it already, and that's not to be a doom and gloom person. It's just the what's so. It's the reality of things. And at the same time, in the midst of a financial collapse, you know, like we had in 2008, and a lot of people never recovered from 2008. And then the times that we're in now, and the fact that there was a news story by MSNBC where they talked about how uh, golly, I don't know what the number was. 1.5 million more Americans filed for unemployment or something. So the numbers are like staggering. They're like off the chart for people that are filing for unemployment. Like the total number. I think it's like over 40 million Americans that have filed for unemployment. You know? And so um, even in the space of starting a business or, you know, being an entrepreneur, there's always risk involved. And it's just about taking calculated risk. You know, having something greater than yourself to ground you and sustain you in these highly volatile times, you know, God, Allah, Buddha, you know, Krishna, whatever it is, is vital, whether we're in good times or bad. And especially in times like now, to be able to get that divine guidance to help us navigate these worldly waters and to really be able to make choices that are going to have us empowered, that can actually get us freed up. To where we have more than enough money for ourselves and our family. And what that timetable is, I, I would like to say that I have a crystal ball and I know when it is that I'll get over the hump when it comes to this money conversation. Because I have purposely pushed money and opportunity away from me at times because of a just a, a, a self-hatred that I had about my own self. Well, that's kind of, I guess, saying the same thing twice. Um, but basically a dislike of self. And as a result of that, pushing money and opportunities away from me because I didn't feel like I was smart enough or intelligent enough or whatever. And none of that's true. It's only true if you believe it to be true. It's about loving yourself for all that you are and really just continuing to take actions to help you to create more of the life that you want. And so for me, what's there is to, you know, keep jumping on webinars, keep uh, powerfully being in the conversation for this uh, team management and leadership program that I'm in and being there for my coachee or coachees, being there for my teammates um, and, uh, you know, just continuing to train and develop, get trained and develop on how I can shift this conversation around money and have life and have it more abundantly. I know what's possible. You know, at times I can taste success. I can taste the time freedom. 
you know, to where even in the midst of what's going on in the world, I can travel in first class accommodations. I can, you know, be comfortable and, you know, really enjoy my time with my family or friends or whomever because money is a non-issue. And so it's like really having that experience of just feeling just how close it is. And at the same time, feeling like it's a million miles away. And it can be frustrating. It really can. And uh, even with that, you know, I'm committed to continuing to take the steps and take the action. So what's there for me right now is, uh, you know, I've already started taking some actions to be more disciplined when it comes to my spending habits and how I'm saving money. And I have to really uh, take on getting cleared up when it comes to being a coach in the health and wellness space and knowing that I can empower people when it comes to their health and wellness and that I can communicate effectively with people to where eating healthy and living a healthy lifestyle is doable to where they want to pay me for the quality of service that I provide as opposed to, you know, what has been occurring where that the, the the deal has not been getting complete. So, uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, uh, what can I say? Keep taking your, those actions and whatever you're committed to in terms of making a difference in the world, keep your head up. You know, keep seeking out, you know, the right type of conversations that have you inspired to take action for how you want to make a difference in the world and, um, you know, do what you can to, you know, I jump on podcasts a lot for money. Um, you know, one of them I jump on quite often is the one for the infinite banking concept with, with James Nethery and, um, his, uh, business associate, Ryan, I watch their podcasts all the time on YouTube and I get a lot from them. And I've learned a lot about investing and what makes sense and what doesn't from them. And uh, listen to Robert Kiyosaki and Ken McElroy, his business associate. And um, at times I wonder if it's making any difference, you know, and really it's just to keep uh, programming it in and eventually it'll stick, you know, and it'll show up in a way where I do have the money that I need. I do have the car that I want. I do have the place that is ideal for how I like to live, you know, peaceful, serene, clean, well-kept, you know, and um, I can, you know, can contribute to my family and not miss the money that I have to contribute and uh, continue to just generate myself in such a way where uh, I can make a difference for others. So. Um, don't know why I chose to have a particular, cause I do believe everything in life is a choice. Some people don't really resonate with that, but I believe we choose what we experience when we come to this earth. And for some reason I chose to have a conversation around money that has been there for most of my life to where it seems like everybody else had it, but me. And it seemed like money was for everyone else but me. 
And so what's there is just to continue to take the steps to shift that to where I know money is for me. And um, and inside of that, being able to have, as I like to say, my heaven on earth. So, uh, yeah, thanks for, you know, being generous with your listening. And it's not a woe is me. This is just me sharing authentically, you know, what shows up for me. I was just on a webinar and I wanted to join the program. The program is five thousand dollars. I don't have five thousand dollars. I'm, I'm rebuilding my credit. I'm in the process of paying down on a couple credit cards. My credit cards, actually, my credit rating is, is actually fair and getting to a good status. So that's actually a good thing, even though credit is really a joke. It really isn't valid in how it is like in the rest of the world. America focuses a lot more on credit than they do in the rest of the world. Um, and I'm in America, so it stands to you know benefit me to have a good credit rating. So I'm moving towards 700. So I feel good about that, um, especially once I pay down these two credit cards. I feel like I'll be there and, um, you know, build up a little more credit history, or what have you, and keep moving towards that 800 or 850. So that's that's a good thing. I just got my business license. So I'm waiting to hear back from the secretary of state on uh, what name they uh, said is available for me. So that's a good thing. And so there's, a you know, some definitely some good things in motion. It's just that at times when I come across these programs, that I really resonate with like Phil Town and his rule one investing program. Or even Eric Frady, who has a program called Mastermind Traders, where they show you how to trade stock options. Uh, they show you how to, uh, you know, just really get to a good place with your money. And it doesn't take a lot to start. And, you know, for a long time, I was wasting money because I was just in a really negative state of mind and entitled and pissed off and frustrated, you know, and that wasn't helping matters. So I was just, you know, blowing hundreds of thousands of dollars that I could have, I don't know about hundreds of thousands, but I was blowing thousands of dollars that I could have actually had saved up to where I could have participated in these programs. So it's 100% my responsibility. It's my fault. So I take ownership of that. And so again, like I said, this isn't to just be a woe is me podcast. It's just me getting present to how important it is to really just be disciplined and and to have a vision for ourselves and our life so that we can manifest abundance, not just financially, but spiritually, emotionally, physically with our relationships and our communication skills. That's bliss. So uh, just some actions for me to take and uh, and. You know, one foot right in front of the other, you know. Sometimes when we fall, how did how's the Japanese saying go? Fall seven times, get up eight. So that's what's there for me. So thanks so much for uh, being a generous listening to my podcast. And uh, hopefully you found something of value that you can take from this to be empowered with your finances, especially if you've listened this long. Uh, I appreciate that. And um, so thank you so much. I appreciate it. Go out there, create your financial abundance. And and as the Vulcans say from Star, uh, Star Trek, I'm about to say Star Wars, that would be a, a boo-boo. <laughs> uh, from Star Trek is, uh, 
Spock would say, live long and prosper. Be well.